Ghostly greetings from the oldest city in North America. I'm your host, John Mallard, bringing you the best in East Coast esoterica. Thanks to an old dear friend who always believed in me. This is the Steve Lake Tribute Show. You're about to hear two remastered episodes, well, that are very near and dear to my heart and, and other people as well. Mr. Steve Lake passed away a few weeks ago, and uh, I've taken it upon myself to remaster those episodes and release them in his memory and as a tribute to him. Uh, you know, this is not the usual format of my show, obviously, and uh, this is just not usually how my show goes, but I feel like if someone who's near and dear to me, who has just been so influential in a lot of things I've done, uh, passes away, then then by right, I, I'm going to give the mic to him one last time and let everyone hear his voice. First episode's back from 2014. It was the third episode of my podcast, and, uh, you know, Steve is an avid believer in me. And a lot of other people in what they do. And uh, it just, it seems right to me to immortalize him here one last time in beautiful HD. He was so anal about audio recording, he'll really appreciate that, trust me. And then probably, you know, tell me I'm still not good enough. But that's okay. <laughs> and then the second episode, of course, is the one from The Historian. And uh, that is one that actually happened more recently in the last few years or so. But uh, I think it's really, really important that we... We kind of let you guys know why I'm re-releasing those episodes as well. For anybody who has never heard uh, Steve's voice before, you know, you're going to see kind of right away like what I naturally was behind a mic. Steve's very near and dear to me, an old dear friend. And uh, when he passed away, I was actually six hours away from <laughs> where they actually had a tribute to him downtown, and I, and I kind of missed it. So in honor of that, this is my tribute to Style and Steve Jackson, a.k.a. Steve Lake. He used to be the announcer for all professional wrestling pretty much back in the day. Uh, just called me to the ring for some of my greatest matches and battles, no doubt. In many different in, in many different areas and avenues. Uh, in bars, in, in CLU Armory, all, all kinds of different stuff. Later in life, we became really good friends. Uh, you know, Steve would come to my house to have a drink every now and then. And just such a, such a gentle, gentle, good dude. Um... When the time came for me to get involved with the paranormal and start chasing ghosts and stuff like that, Steve was an avid believer and he, and he really, really, really was interested in everything I did. In particular, Hans Holzer's work. He was really big on Hans Holzer. He swore by his book and uh, would quote it on the daily when <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the thought that he's not there right now it just blows my mind. Just the other day, I had a really funny Star Wars meme and like... I have, like, my top friends on Facebook, like, the first, like, say, 10, 20 people there, and I just, like, sent him the link, you know, to this funny joke, and just, it just, it just brain farted on the idea that he's not here right now, he's not there, he's not seeing that, so, oh, yeah, deep, deep stuff, the Historian Podcast was very deep and dear to him as well, 
that's going to be remastered and put out here for him and his dear friend Shannon, as I promised. I know that this might all seem very bizarre to everybody else, but just know that this guy was very influential on the podcast, very influential on everything I've done. He was also the editor of my book, New Fee EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland, which you guys can still get on Amazon.ca for a mere few, few, few for a few mere shekels. <laughs> And, uh, you know, if, if you really want to immortalize his memory, know that he's helped me with that as well. Steve, this is my tribute to you, buddy. I love you. I'm going to miss you. And, uh, you know, when I cross over someday, I know you're going to be right there with that fedora on and, you know, the old black jacket, probably smoking a cigarette because, you know, no reason to quit now. <laughs> and I know you're probably going to say something along the lines of, that episode sounded like garbage. <laughs> I can't wait to see you again. Until then, old friend, I love you. And welcome back to the podcast, folks. First and foremost, a big welcome to my guest, Steve Lake. Born and raised in St. John's, Steve Lake was first published in 2010 with a short story legacy of Full Moon. He's a part of the editing team at Engine Books, whose editing credits include all Black Moon books after Roulette, as well as Infinity. He has been a fan of science fiction from a young age, including giant robots, starships, alien creatures, vampires, and werewolves. Not only that, but he can add to his accolades now, the editor, which automatically makes you chief editor, by the way, Steve, of the brand new book, New Fee VP, Talking to the Dead in Newfoundland. And uh, we've had tremendous success with that. Here to talk everything ghosts, and we got lots of things to talk about, Mr. Steve Lake, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for the intro, Johnny. Wow. Uh, I did all that. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you know, after after so many years of announcing me to the ring and professional wrestling, I, I figured about time I announced you for a change. <laughs> I'm grateful for the intro. Love it. I love the, uh, the new VVP book. It was a, it was a joy to read, and I'm glad it's out there. Me too. The work you're doing is awesome. And, uh, you know, I think those stories need to be heard. And, uh, you know, as a, as a third party, as a third party will say, because it's me, Rob, and then you, uh, it must be interesting to have a bird's eye view of all the, all the madness. <laughs> it is, especially, uh, his coffee, which I think should be illegal in several states. <laughs> yeah, there was a picture of that up on Facebook the other day, that uh, seven sugar, three cream. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There should be like some kind of diabetes disclaimer on the side of that thing. <laughs> All right, Steve. So uh, I thought we start off, you know, with, with a great topic, and uh, you know, it's one that's very close and dear to my heart, which is in our wonderful realm of parapsychology. Well, the blanket term ghosts, and uh, you know, it just so happens that over the last twenty four hours. A, and you can't see my quotation marks on Skype with my fingers right now. A ghost picture has been taking and, uh, how should we say, infecting the media of Newfoundland from Torbay. Uh, did you have a chance to check out that picture? I saw the picture. It even made uh, the local news, and I saw your response to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it, and of course, the first thing I thought was, it's fake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it, and the first thing I immediately think is, that's a bad Photoshop job. Yeah, me too. Which, apparently the area has its own ghost history, mm-hmm. which is cool, because there's a lot of places in Newfoundland to do. We're uh, rich in the supernatural histories and stories, but I don't believe this is associated to one of them. 
That's right. And, and you know, it's uh, like take it from someone who wishes, absolutely wishes this was a real picture. Okay. I, I don't like getting on Facebook and debunking, which is a word that came from Ghost Hunters, by the way. <laughs> I don't like getting on uh, Facebook and debunking things. I hate doing that. But when I see something grip the media like that that fast and I see just how horrible <laughs> Photoshop was, it kind of needed to be said. So I uh, I kind of jumped in there and was the wet blanket. But, uh, hey, what can you do? So what analyzing software did you run through? Uh, just your basic, uh, I got, a, I got some stuff with, uh, oh my god, what is it? Photo Lab. Uh, believe it or not, there's a wonderful method of doing this in Sony Vegas. Okay. And, uh, the movie shop platinum. You run it through and it can actually show you where different pixels have been moved. Cause remember, when a Photoshop takes place, it's either A, tr- like just put over another picture, or it's actually melded in there, we'll say, by moving different pixels around. And it was quite obvious that the bottom of the ghostly apparition skirt was indeed in front of the post. It was supposed to be behind. So uh, it was a pretty easy find. I guess it comes from having to debunk myself so much, Steve. <laughs> well, you're looking at the honest, the burden of proof. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's something you face every time you do a bit of research. Absolutely. And when people people ask me, do I believe in ghosts? My response is, I believe in the phenomena. I believe in something. Yeah. I believe there's more out there. And uh, you, Steve, what are your beliefs in the afterlife, we'll say? You know, I I happen to think that you're a very well-read man, as an author yourself, of many things that have to do with the paranormal. But uh, me and you have had many conversations, very long and winded, geeky ones on Facebook, actually, about uh, certain ghostly phenomena. What ones strike you as... uh, Maybe even with relation here to St. John's, what ghostly phenomena do you feel really are taking place here? Well, personally, after seeing and experiencing things with you know with my own eyes and my own senses over the past thirty-five years, uh, I believe there is something more to uh, this world and the next. There is communication that goes on between the two. Um, I believe one of our local parks is haunted. Hmm. Uh, I believe my own home is haunted. Hmm. One of our and local I, parks, eh? I have a witness to that. Uh, yeah, one of our local parks, Bowering Park, is uh, is really haunted. Okay. I, I know the story of the little girl that that the park is dedicated to. Apparently, her ghost does go around. Wow. And there are at least three of us at one point that did see a shape run through uh, a cloud of expelled cigarette smoke. Hmm. On a uh, on a still night in Bowering Park when we really shouldn't have been in the park. <laughs> and uh, you said okay well that's that's it. well I, right away my lad sense is tingling I've, I've got to tell my friend Robert about this we, we've talked about Bowery Park before but we never actually heard the story in total from you so uh, yeah apparently it's, it's the spirit of the little girl that the park is dedicated to uh, wait a second am I right in saying that the Peter Pan statue the iconic Peter Pan statue is also in her memory yes it is <laughs> I would love to go down there and look for a little bit of electronic voice phenomena because we all know that monuments might be the case. But correct me if I'm wrong, but did I just hear you say that your own house is haunted as well? Oh, my own house is haunted. The, the original <laughs> owner or builder of the house is here. Oh, uh, do you in, think in, in residence or visitation, whichever way you want to put it. <laughs> in residence. And, and he, he has been heard. Hmm. Uh, he, 
ironically enough, myself and a friend were here one night watching a uh, one of the ghost hunting shows, one of the many that are on TV, and they held their little uh, seance asking if there's anybody here, uh, knock two times to give us a sign. And with nobody else in the house, the house completely empty, even my landlord was in Texas and his dog was at someone else's house. There were only two physical people here. From my bedroom, you distinctly heard ten knocks. Oh. And I, you know, my friend jumped out of, out of his seat and I looked down in the hall and I said, not you, we know you're here. And there was one more resounding knock. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's ghostly communication. And then there's like ghostly, uh, I'm here, look at me. And, uh, when you can actually hear vibration like that in a room, that's pretty darn compelling. And, uh, I've approached you before about investigating your house, Steve, but you're just so darn busy. <laughs> My timing, the fact that I work, uh, midnight to eight, Sometimes at this point on my schedule, like eight days a week. <laughs> so when I do get a day off, finally I usually crash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we will coordinate. We will work it out. Absolutely. Uh, you know, another thing too that that always strikes me, you know, as an author myself now, thanks to your Sterling. Uh, you know, when I when I think about what we write, sometimes I feel maybe that we maybe how should we put this? Be muddying up the waters when we write fiction versus nonfiction. Because I know that you write fiction books, right? Um, but what elements do you feel that are within your books you've written, and your short story in particular, that you feel might actually be real? So far, nothing that I've actually written. Okay. Uh, my stories uh, primarily center around uh, the, one of the main characters is human, the other is a vampire, and I'm not personally convinced vampires are real. Mm-hmm. Uh, they live in a world where... Uh, vampires, goblins, ghosts, ghouls, things that go up in the night, all of these are just scientifically factual real. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the way that little mini-universe uh, answers things. I haven't brought ghosts into it yet. I've stuck mainly with werewolves and vampires. Mm. And if you're, if you're asking me on the night of a full moon if a, a human being can metamorphose into a wolf creature, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen some of the people I know when they're very, very drunk. <laughs> it can it can happen. <laughs> wow, I hope they're not listening right now. <laughs> uh, I haven't gotten into, into ghosts. If I do bring in uh, ghosts, I will approach it from um, more or less the I don't want to call it the scientific method, or kind of even use the uh, almost like a courtroom method. Mm-hmm. The presentation of evidence, the presentation right. of evidence is how I would I would approach using it. Absolutely. Um, the same way that I approach uh, one of my characters is a, a self defense a gun nut, <laughs> and before I write in whatever gun he's using, I research the weapon online first to make sure I'm getting my facts right about that gun. Absolutely, and you know that that's important too. I actually, I, I wrote about that in our book. When I, when I wrote the chapter Sentencing the Skeptics, it's a preponderance of evidence. And uh, what that basically means is that we can prove the existence of spirits, ghosts, and whatnot, and hauntings in a court of law. But because we can't recreate in a lab, we can't prove it with the scientific method. So there you have it. <laughs> By a court of law, we would have to say there's some credence there. The evidence is there. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I believe, and I'm sure you'll probably agree, Steve, that, you know, when it comes to hauntings and ghostly apparitions and all these crazy, wonderful things that seem to be happening, nobody's really a believer until they have their own brush with the paranormal. You've got to have your own experience first before you start believing. Absolutely. That's definitely the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people, I know, who are skeptics or outright dismiss it. And I was like, well, have you ever seen anything unusual? And they're like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying every bump in the net that you hear in your house is a ghost. I'm not saying every creak of a floorboard is a potential haunting because you want to examine the house and find out from the ground up what you're dealing with first. And as uh, Arthur Conan Doyle said for Sherlock Holmes, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, so that's so interesting. You have so many people that uh, have been involved with cyclical research, which is a branch of what we do. Um, Conan Doyle himself was a skeptic out to debunk everything spiritualistic. Absolutely. Which is why I can tie him in there. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, Doyle was actually one of the more interesting people because he had his own belief system, which was based on, once I've seen it, it exists. And that's, that's what I feel is interesting because I, I, you know, not to bring up the horrible picture from Torbay again, but I am still skeptical of the idea that a ghost could be photographed and I'm a paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. So that's right. You should be skeptical. I guess I kind of have to be. Not I'm going to be one of those crazy people who are like, oh, look, it's a ghost. No, actually, it's suspected dust. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not a ghost. It is not a ghost. That's not a, a an orb phenomenon. That That's a firefly. Awesome. <laughs> an orb, an orb phenomena. Yeah. I see you like beat two pillows together and all of a sudden your room is haunted as hell. <laughs> now, Steve, me and you have got a sudden, I, I've got to mention this. Me and you have got a road trip coming up, buddy. We've got a road trip. The end of the month, the 26th, 27th, 20th, well, 27th, 28th is Atlanticon 3 at the Grateful Campus in uh, beautiful Cornerbrook on the west coast of Newfoundland. You're doing a presentation, as I recall. Yes, I am going to be talking about the book New Fee VP, Talking with the Dead Newfoundland, Jeep plug number 25 tonight. Uh, and, uh, I'll be in attendance. And, oh, please, I hope so. I hope you're there to grow me. And uh, <laughs> as the editor, maybe I'll uh, be able to string the sentences together a little better for you. And uh, I'm definitely going to be attending your podcasting seminar. Am I right in saying that? Podcasting 101 will be going ahead. Uh, it originated out there last year, and it's a, it's a fun time. Yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting because, like, there's so much I need to know about making the Odds of Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast one of the best East Coast paranormal podcasts out there. And... Uh, You've definitely got all the skills, man. This guy does a podcast named The Historian, And yes. uh, I, I hate to say this around Steve because I'm afraid he might punch me through the computer screen, but I'm not a huge Dr. Hugh fan. Please don't hit me. Man, that's cool. That's cool. But I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so we can still talk. <laughs> talk to me a little bit about it. Podcast. Uh, yeah. It's a weekly podcast about the TV show Doctor Who, the history of the show, and reviews of the episodes. And I've learned so much in the three years that I've been doing that podcast that I never thought I would know before mm. uh, about audio equipment and audio editing. And I just bring all that to the table for this podcasting one-on-one talk. Absolutely. And I'm still learning. So I'm a fine-tooth comber, my friend. Like I'll go over what I'm recording on my recorder here, and I'll go in and I'll edit out long, dragged-out things, and I'll I'll do it all just to make sure we sound so much smarter than what we actually are. <laughs> well, you've got your work cut out for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Atlanticon, of course, 
I'm I am I in? Yeah. Well, some of us are better writers than talkers, right, Steve? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've learned to do both over the years. So, and you are a phenomenal writer in your own right, man. That book is amazing. Mm-hmm. And the work Thank and you. the passion that's gone into New PvP, it comes through when you read us, and that's what makes it a really good read. Thank you so much, Steve, because uh, let me tell you, uh, as I put this book out there, I I really do want people to, to know they're going to get lost in those pages. To me, there's no difference between a wrestling match, a good TV show. It, it's it's Whether or not it's 100% factual like a wrestling match or it is 100% factual like I present, it's about getting lost for that little bit of time, forgetting about life for a while. To quote uh, the Piano Man song, to forget about that for a while. <laughs> You're gonna, well, I'll probably edit that one out. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I sat down first and foremost and read through the book before I edited it. Mm-hmm. And even the read through, I messaged you and I was like, so I got, re- I got the read done. And you're like, wait, did I just give that to you? Yeah, literally like 24 hours. Like, honestly, this guy's a speed reading champion. Now, mind you, the book isn't super long. It's only about 200 huh. pages. But, I mean, which is a pretty long book, though, for nonfiction uh, in this genre, actually, the, the go, go between, unless I'm a scientific type person, is probably between 150 to 300. So, but man, quick read for Steve Lake. He messages me back like within 24 hours. He's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, did you skip the part like with ghosts in it? <laughs> I, I devour books, man. It's, it, it's in my nature. I'm a reader. And, so. uh, you know, bless you for doing that, Steve, because, uh, you know, without you, there, there'd be very little chance of me even wanting to put that up because I know it wouldn't be grammatically sound enough. <laughs> By the way, cannot one word, Johnny, one word. Yes, yes, <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> you know, I, I have an idea that, uh, you know, for your next editing venture, hopefully with me, uh, there is going to be a series of these books, by the way. Um, maybe not necessarily focusing on electronic voice phenomena, but the, uh, the, the ideal thing would be able to have like two little webdings with like an, a can and an actual tied knot. And every single time somebody makes a mistake, you just paste it in there. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, that's, when, that's when I'll break out the red pen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back on the subject of, uh, ghosts here ghosts in Newfoundland. Uh, what stories do you find here in Newfoundland that attract you the most? You know, we, we got so many different ones. There's obviously, you know, stuff that different teams have done. But is there any locations in Newfoundland you'd love to investigate yourself? Uh, well, I'd like to go back. Like I said, I'd like to do a proper investigation of Barring Park. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, there's an old campsite I was at as a boy in Petty Harbor that I wouldn't mind checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Masonic Temple in St. John's, the former Masonic Temple, I should say, that's now... Housing uh, Spirit of Newfoundland Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's a funky place. There's a feeling you get when you walk in the door. I'm going to let uh, you in on a little secret here, a little lads tidbit just for you, Steve. Uh, I've actually been in contact with the Masonic Temple, and we are actually in negotiations, we'll say, right now to actually have this happen. So hopefully we'll get a chance oh, to get in there, nice. and uh, hopefully you're off. <laughs> so I'd love to have you there. I would book it off. Uh, We're going. And, uh, uh, that is awesome. We had to we had to wait for the fall, so <laughs> but uh, we, we'd like to get in there and uh, perhaps uh, put together like a mini dock for it. So um, anywhere else you'd like to go in Newfoundland that uh, you feel might be haunted or or the stories would just attract you to go there? Uh, the, the plane crash site outside of Gander. Ah uh, yes, uh, the plane crash. Oh my god, that was many moons ago now. Yes, 
But uh, I have heard, actually, not just recently, my uh, my cousin Mason Gulliver actually just got his pilot license, and out there was a ceremony for that and that oh. airfield. And they actually mentioned to me I should go out there with my gear sometime and investigate. I'm getting all kinds of great ideas talking to you, Steve. <laughs> Are you trying to write my next book for me, Steve? Uh, ghost write it, sure. Okay, now I got to know... I got to know some insider stuff from you since I had the cat in the bag a little bit too. You know, there's a lot of things you got your hands in, Steve, that just I, I absolutely love. First off, what are you working on right now in your next endeavor, we'll say, as an author? My next endeavor as an author, uh, I have another short story going with my characters, um, Frank and Ryan, which you've read a couple of their stories already. By the way, guys, wicked work. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I actually like it. If you like, if you like the dialogue that Whedon had in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you're gonna like Steve Lake's rating. I know, I know who he's, what target audience he's going for. He's going for, thank you. I, he's going for our generation. Um, I'm working on another story with them. Uh, I just recently figured out a twist on how to, um, how to get the bad guy working right. And, I was stuck for like a month, and I now know how to do it, so I'm really happy that I got that. Uh, I almost didn't sleep two nights ago because I had to start writing. Uh, I've got a story based in the engine universe that Matt LeDrew is waiting for me to finish, uh, based around his characters from Black Womb, because he let me into that universe, and that's about two years in development, because I've been editing and I'm lazy. Uh, those, are the, those are the two big ones on the, on the plate right now. Okay. We also know you got your hands in the sci-fi and the rock, which is, you know, your baby will say, I'm not going to say it's Darren Hand's baby, but we'll say it's the baby you look after a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a whole lot. Any news for sci-fi and the rock? Anything at all you can tell us? Even a little tidbit? Anything? Okay. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks, on the Out of Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. Drum roll, please. Never mind, we do not have anything signed yet, so I'm going to see if I can give you a couple of little ambiguous hints. Um, first up, uh, who knows? Who knows who could turn up? Oh, no way. Uh, and second, there, there might be uh, there might be some kind of a lord uh, dropping in on our system. Uh, what? I can get right there with that. Guys, he just gave away two great big tidbits for Sci-Fi and the Rack number, oh my god, nine now? Number nine. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like a baby there last year, <laughs> and uh, I'm so glad to have been invited to be part of that. And of course, once again, Steve, without you, lads wouldn't have been there. You know, you're, you're instrumental in everything we do, man. <laughs> April 24th to the 26th of 2015 at the Holiday Inn here in St. John's. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an amazing time. We're going to have so much fun. Last year blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to have lads on board and listen, have people sitting down listening to your EVP mm-hmm. and hearing their interpretations of stuff. I was down around the room a couple of times. It was interesting. And it, it was interesting, and the free coffee was great. <laughs> yeah, we thought about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, it was always it's always fun to, to get out the in the community. I, I feel that's something that. The other ghost hunting teams will say, or paranormal investigation teams in Newfoundland refuse to do. And, uh, I don't know why, but, uh, I, I will say anybody who is out there doing what I'm doing right now, which is, you know, paranormal investigations, you gotta let the world know, man. 
Because people love this stuff. Together, work together on this stuff. I mean, That's right. That's right. Don't, don't keep it in the shadows. Let's bring it into the light of day. That's right. Laurel, Laurel knows we need better pictures than what we got in Torbay. I mean, look at that. Yes. God, I can't stop talking about it. I'm horrible. <laughs> That's beyond a cell phone camera. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's actually a cell phone app. I'm going to download it and see if I can totally... I want to go down there because from a second picture that's posted on the news website, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't look like that puddle that's in front of the ghost actually exists. Mm-hmm. So that could be shopped in, too. Who knows? It could be from another picture transposed. Oh, God, Steve, this is getting even worse. Down deeper. <laughs> so just a quick little recap of everything we covered tonight. Steve, like, is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, potentially haunted. Haunted. My apartment certainly haunted. Mm-hmm. Johnny Chaos, Johnny Mallard, an awesome, awesome guy, an all-around great author. Check out lads. Find me on Twitter at Style and Steve. You can find the historian, thehistorian.ca. Sci-Fi on the Rock is next April. Atlanticon is at the end of this month. We're gonna have fun. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Now I am the probe. Insert anal joke here. I am the probe who will be sent out first and foremost uh, ahead. ahead of the Atlantic Convoy. Yes. Yes, and I will be sending back instant transmissions to you guys about signs of life uh, and uh, particular uh, particular signs of life from what we call moose. And um, you know, I, it's an honor to be that probe. As my wife really does want to go up a little earlier, she's uh, she's not that too keen on having to drive for eight hours. But uh, let me tell you, when you're as passionate about geekology, we'll say, in my particular area, and as well as yourself, you know, we're we're basically going to spend what six, seven hundred bucks to do this, and uh, we all can't wait to go. We all can't wait to go. It, it's going to be an amazing time. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys at Atlanticon. Thanks, John. Not a problem. So it's been a pleasure, Steve. Thanks so much for being on. And with that, I do say goodbye. I look forward to talking with you once again. From the oldest city in North America, I bid you adieu. From the Odds of Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. Attention all Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio listeners. The Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast brings you the best in East Coast esoterica on the first of every month. Together, we can keep it growing by sharing the show on social media, subscribing to the show wherever you may be listening to it from, and by leaving feedback about your favorite episodes. John certainly needs a friend like you to help make his dreams come true. Minus the alien abduction dreams. That is not cool at all. The Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. Always available. Always free. Always odd. The following podcast is brought to you by Newfie EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland. Jump on Amazon.ca today and get your free sample of the best-selling ebook in Unexplained Mysteries. It's the odd, odd, odd to Newfoundland. Ghostly greetings from your host, Jonathan. Mysteries, ghosts, monsters, and lore. East Coast Esoterica and so much more. If it's up to you, friend, it's on the up to you, found line. <laughs>
And welcome back to the Odd the Newfoundland Barrel Podcast. Tonight I'm joined by not one, but two of, well, buddies of mine. We're hanging out together for the first time ever. I'm actually in studio with my guests. Yes. Which is kind of weird. I built a studio for you. It's almost as if I'm in some kind of parallel dimension, you know, cue the theme song right about now. Good job. Good job, John. Because I'm hanging hanging out with two, yeah, high budget special effects. (laughs) I'm hanging out with two old buddies of mine. A previous guest, Mr. Steve Lake. Hiya. And a new guest, Mr. Shannon Lush. John, good to see you, buddy. I'm so happy to have the guys from the Historian, yeah, yeah, on my podcast tonight. Old friends of mine, Sci-Fi and the Rock friend, Steve Lake, the guy mm. who edited my book, Newfie EVP, yep. Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland. And of course, Shannon, who, you know, just all, it seemed like only yesterday, I was out hanging out with your mom down, hanging out at the ship. Yes, at the shipping. Talking about her books. He comes from a long line of authors. And because this is November, and he has a book out called... His Soldier's Coat. Called His Soldier's Coat. His Soldier's Coat. I was like, you know, Shannon, this is the only... It's just an excuse to get you guys on here, honest to God. (laughs) But, you know, go pick up that book. It's out there. We got to love it. on Amazon. Guys, welcome to my show. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I'm super happy you came and abducted me. Yep. Just to update everybody, you know, who's been listening to my show for the last few months, I've been kind of... uh, Shall we say MIA, kind of at home with a medically fragile child. So anybody who listens to my podcast knows what I'm talking about. They actually came and abducted me tonight to get me out of my house. Yep. I'm super happy about that. Thank I you did so that. much. It's because of the insistence that we had. The way we do our podcast and have done for several years is with equipment and doing it live in person. And you insisted when you wanted us to be guests on the show, you kept saying, we'll do it over Skype, we'll do it over Skype. And I was like, no, Steve, my co-host, has me spoiled. Blame him. <laughs> and so I said, we can't do it over Skype because it won't sound as good. We have well, to use this beautiful equipment. And like, second to that, system. you were less than less than half a kilometer from where we are now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I kind of feel like I should be sneaking out for midnight rendezvous. You're slumming, you're slumming with us is what it is. You're used to doing Skype yes. because you usually get guests that Absolutely. don't live in Newfoundland. Yeah. We literally were a kilometer away from you. So, yes, absolutely. You're more than welcome to sit down and join us on this show. I think it's great, too, because I actually get to look at you guys while I'm talking. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of nice to be able to use my mannerisms and not be mm-hmm. talking into the closet. Because you know, <laughs> all I look at is a trench coat while I talk about, you know, crazy stuff with people. So I'm glad. It's always good to come out of the closet. So Jerry. first things first. I got <laughs> Absolutely. You knew the joke was going to get found, made eventually. I mean, it had to be yeah. made eventually. I came yeah. out of the closet tonight, and lo and behold, I'm at Shannon Lush's there apartment. There you go. It <laughs> makes complete sense now. Um, Don't you try to turn it back on me, pal. But, of course, the love of podcasting is what brought us together. Guys, tell me about your show. I'm going to start with Steve, of course. Because when I think Doctor Who, I think of Steve. Sorry, Shannon, it's true. It's not because you don't know as much or into much about he, Shannon. He knows more. Really? Yes. He's just, I associate Steve with because I know Steve a little better. Oh, so. oh man. Um, tell me the story about how you two who uh, historians came together. Well, uh, way back in the magical time of the 90s, uh, there was Shannon Lush and several people who belonged to a the as-yet-unnamed Doctor Who fan club of Newfoundland. Hmm. Shannon pronounced that acronym for me. Uticon. <laughs> this is, this is they, actually a thing. They acronymed it. It's a Uticon. Wow. Uh, and from there came the Historian Quarterly Fan Magazine. Mm-hmm. of which Shannon is one of the last editors of the original print run. Mm. So the two of us palling around one time, talking away, and uh, he had been doing another podcast and said, you know, it's a shame we just can't sit down and talk Doctor Who. And I said, why not? And went and bought a headset, and we literally went from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
within about uh, from conception to recording was maybe a couple of days tops. Yeah, because we met a, met up at Tim Hortons to talk about it, and I went to Staples and off we went. Mm. So the historian he, was it, reborn as, as a I podcast. Often say like the Cyberman, he continually upgraded himself. <laughs> so we went from having very like basic uh, microphone systems. Right to what we have now, and we, it's continually. Even tonight, he actually brought over a, a new adapter, uh, <laughs> so we can do more plugins and stuff. So I just went, Steve, you handle the technical stuff, the nuts and bolts. I'll just talk, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's worked out so far. I must say, for years and years and years, we've 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 achieved heights that we didn't think. Were Six possible. years strong now, talking Doctor Who. And there's one thing I can say: I'm I'll admit it. I'm not the biggest Doctor Who fan in the world. I'll Get him! But <laughs> I will say this: if Jesus had a podcasting voice. It would sound like you guys sound like on your show. You sound wow. delightful. Wow. And, and <laughs> I know a lot of people who are like, you know, like if there was a, a way to make your show better, how would it be? And I always say I want my sound quality better. So I sit home and I, and I work on my podcast and try to make it sound great. And it, it's a lot of work and it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you guys got a great system. There you go. Mm-hmm. There's also a love of the paranormal, though, from both of you guys on different Absolutely. ends, which is yes. so cool. Steve, Steve is kind of into a bunch of stuff. Um, I know, of course, I had Steve on the podcast before talking about ghosts. In fact, it was called Ghosts with Steve Lake, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shannon is more into like the conspiracies and the UFO yeah. type thing. And yeah. I think that's really cool. So, you know, I'm sure you guys could probably relate an episode of Doctor Who or even two. <laughs> or <laughs> to, 600. Or 600. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's all about, well, really a, a parallel dimensions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things that kind of segue into that. But like... Mm-hmm. Tell me a little tiny bit about your love for uh, conspiracies and UFOs, Shannon. Well, before we go any further, let's just reveal that this evening as we record this is the day that uh, more documents about the JFK assassination were released. I don't know if you know about that. Oh, juicy. Yeah, (laughs) thousands and thousands of documents that have been previously sealed for years. Our good friend, President Trump, actually uh, authorized the release of them. Uh, Not that I'm a big believer in the JFK conspiracy stuff, but it's always interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, John, to go back. I think, I don't know if you, you, you are you familiar with Whitley Strieber and, uh, Bud Hopkins? N- not entirely. Okay. Not my cup of tea. Well, Whitley Strieber was, um, allegedly abducted by aliens, uh, in the 1980s and wrote a book called Communion and a couple of others, Transformation, um, books about UFOs. Now, the thing that was interesting was that he was a New York Times bestselling author when he did so. So, of course, people accused him of, you know, you're just using, you're, you're fabricating an imaginary, uh, story. But <clears throat> when he had that occur to him, he met and was uh, regressive hypnotized by a man by the name of Bud Hopkins, who himself wrote a book called Intruders. Uh, that book came out when I was in, I'm going to say grade nine. And that was sort of my first introduction in a real literal sense to what the idea of alien abduction was. I grew up reading the Time Life books. I don't know if you remember those. The I think those with the, the shiny covers. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh, I remember those. My uncle, I had, uh, I was at vacation in St. Joseph's and my uncle. I had, had the pyramids uh, one. Yeah, I had all, <laughs> well, I mean, I had all of them because of him and I read voraciously through all of them, but it didn't really kick off for me until those early nineties and reading that book. And from there, of course, Fox really helped Fox television because they came out <laughs> with sightings and they did like, you know, all kinds of different conspiracy things. In that was, that was the height of In Search of. Oh yeah. Leonard there Newboy, was, man, um, I think of. There was the alien uh, abduction, or not the alien abduction, um, alien autopsy, the television series. Um, Roswell, of course. So that sort of kicked off my fascination with aliens and all things paranormal from that point. But yeah, conspiracy theories, boy, they got big for me too. Yeah, they really did, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's interesting too. You know, there's always that political climate. You know, you mentioned Trump already, and it's like <laughs> you just got to link him to all this stuff. I'm pretty sure with the internet the way it is now, you're I think you're obligated to mention Trump every five minutes. Yeah, right? I think that's, that's the plan. Is. Yeah, he is mother brain. But, but <laughs> you think there's a conspiracy to that too? Could very well be. That's the conspiracy. Well, apparently that's the Simpsons predicted all this yeah. already, which is really blows my mind. Yeah, like the Simpsons does, have predicted yeah. everything. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. creepy. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Yeah. I voted. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of you, <laughs> the love of ghosts, of course, have already been discussed. But I know you're into different things too. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your paranormal love, Steve? Oh my God, ghosts, magic, witches, vampires, werewolves. How many books on the subject have you written so far? You wrote short stories. I wrote you? short stories. I, yeah. I, guess I have some short vampire fiction out uh, in a world I created. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a buddy cop scenario with two detectives. One's a vampire, one's human. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been a trip to write. I got to get back to them and see what they're doing at the office these days. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the Full Moon series, Legacy of the Full Moon was the first one. Uh, and it was actually available for free through Amazon. There you go. Cheap plug cheap for plug, myself. Oh, plug. no. Nothing wrong with cheap plugs. I'm yep, all about the cheap plugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the king uh, of the cheap Engine plug. books, enginebooks.com. You can find the collections under the Sci-Fi on the Rock collections. Fantasy yeah. from the Rock or, yeah, such like that. Yeah, and I think it's really awesome that, uh, you know, that, that love is translated into different things for you guys. Mm-hmm. And it makes no surprise at all. There's no surprise at all to me that you guys are into Doctor Who because it's such a paranormal type thing. Tell me about some of your adventures with your own podcast. Where, where to begin? Um, when I first started, you know, when I should say when we first started, I had done previously done podcasts and stuff. So I knew it was, I knew it was a thing, but I also grew up with Steve Windsor, a friend of mine who got me into Doctor Who and he moved away from the province months or I should say years ago. Um, so I didn't really, it was as I got to know Steve Lake that I realized, oh, this guy's a big Whovian. I can, I can work with this. And a nerd. And a big nerd. So <laughs> as I got to know and realized that he had a very deep love and appreciation for not just Doctor Who, but classic Doctor Who as well, um, he can cover the breadth of the original series and the new. I said, this guy's, you know, this is as close as I'm going to get when it comes to having a perfect co-host for a podcast about Doctor Who. So, of course, we, we, we branded it as The Historian because I wanted to continue that legacy of the magazine I'm, locally and have a presence, the Historian presence in Newfoundland. I know the stories and can, and can riff on the, the stories and discuss the, the different acting and what, what I did like and what I didn't like in the show. He can tell you what the producer's third cousin <laughs> had for breakfast. Um, <laughs> so when we started, it was obviously very humble because I just thought, okay, we can get a couple hundred people to listen to us just rant, rave about Doctor Who, mm. then it'll be great. And I always wanted, and, and Steve agreed with this, and we both formulated the plan, we want our show to be different. We don't want it just to be we're slavishly following what's currently happening. We want to talk about the history of the series, the behind the scenes. And we used to sort of fantasize, what if we got a doctor? You know, what if we got actually somebody? There's only there's only so many people who have played the role. So, <clears throat> and I mean, Newfoundland's off the beaten path. How are we going to get them? So that was sort of a fantasy in our heads. And as the years progressed, we actually did just a couple of months ago, um, actually had Colin Baker, the sixth doctor on. My God. It's almost as if this whole sci-fi and the rock thing was put together just so you guys could get a doctor on your podcast. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. Conspiracy. I'm not going to say that. that. I'm not going to say he's the vice president of sci-fi and the rock and has a uh, big, big vote in the committee. I'm not going to say that. I'm also not going to say where he's giving me high fives on the table right now. <laughs> So yeah, it, it it took off. We ended up getting, you know, and still do get a lot of uh, guests that we just never expected. I, we never thought we'd interact with people that are notables in Doctor Who from the most, arguably the most popular male companion in the original series, um, actor by the name of Fraser Hines, who played Jamie, but also again, like a doctor. And, and 
I mean, we've branched out everywhere in between from there. We've, we've spoken to some some great British actors that we, we've we been introduced to and met, uh, listened to some audio dramas. Um, Kenton Hall pops to mind. And... Uh, Bill Oberst. Bill Oberst. Oh, Bill Oberst. Oh, Bill Oberst. Oh, Ober- you talked to Bill. Yeah, I had Bill on, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was Bill so strange. Ghost, yeah. Bill added me on Twitter somehow. Because mm-hmm. he I follows us. I guess Probably. that's how it happened. He seems interacting. Anyway, I uh, his name kind of got stuck in my head. But anyway, I was at Piper's, of all places, and picked up a movie called Abraham Lincoln <laughs> versus the zomb- <laughs> same Zombie. Same story from- happened to me. Yep, same thing happened to Shannon. Mm-hmm. Are you... Yeah, that dude. is so freaking weird. Conspiracy. Man. There's a conspiracy there. Anyway, I picked up the DVD and I was like, "This is so strange." I was like, "Wait a second, Bill Oberst. That face looks so familiar. <laughs> I've seen this before. You guys had him on your podcast, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It all clicked in my head. I was like, "I gotta get this guy on my podcast." Mm-hmm. And yep. because I knew you guys, I think he was kind of like, "Oh yeah, sure." Mm-hmm. And is he not like a tremendous he's actor? A, he's an awesome dude. And nice, he told me a being. chilling ghost story from his childhood. Mm-hmm. Man. You got to check out that episode. Nice, nice it was man. crazy, nice and man. it's so great because. It just goes to show you, like, whoever is into this, they, there's always that little tiny bit of paranormal going on in the background. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard, you know, in our lives, oh, there's no such thing as ghosts, there's no such a thing, but nightly, this one time. Nightly. But this one time. I didn't say there's no such thing as ghosts. Mm. Right. So everyone's had some strange experiences and stuff like that that's unexplainable and it kind of sends the old chill up the back. Have you guys ever had a paranormal experience? Several. Yeah. Too, he, too many to count several. at this point. I've, I've had, and we we've talked about this. Myself. I've had situations where that you could construe it as paranormal, but I just don't. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it's the it's the Sherlock Holmes dilemma for Shannon. Once you eliminate the the impossible, whatever remains, however probable, must be the truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Or yeah, it's the other way around. Once you eliminate the possible, whatever remains, however Im- improbable, must be the truth. Mm-hmm. Shannon wants to know what the improbable is, and he will not accept it as the paranormal until we can we can prove it wrong. For That's the most okay. part, yeah, for the most part. I take sort of, I won't say a harsh skeptical view, but I definitely look at things more critically than just leaping to conclusions. Like, mm-hmm. if I see something that could be an optical illusion, I'm not going to immediately say it's a ghost. If I see something that's strange in the sky, I'm not going to immediately leap to its UFO. And speaking of which, got to mention it. Yeah. St. John's Harbor. Yeah. Just the other did day. It, I wanted that to did be it hit, Did it hit in the water or did it hit mm. on land or did it burn up completely? It seemed to me like it disappeared behind something. I don't know if it was a mountain or something. Like Southside Hills. Yeah, like it just disappeared to me. So, But I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if it burnt up completely or if it might have splashed down instead of hitting land. It was awful. Did you burnt. feel for a few minutes like when that story broke, did you feel a little thrill as we Always. don't know what this is? Always. And like, did you feel kind of let down when they did sort of explain, well, it's just a meteorite? I, I, I not was, really. I was let down that a, there were not giant death machines walking into St. John's Harbor. <laughs> and B, I don't have any superpowers. Once again, I also voted for... Co- oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to fail to mention that. No, but uh, yeah, we dashed the hopes. <laughs> I was expecting heat rays, you know. But that, that, let me ask you this, John. Like, do you feel that the the way that paranormal means and, and, and motives are relayed in the press have just been relentlessly, like just relentlessly skewered towards mocking and ridiculing things that are, could very well be proven to be paranormal. I believe 100% that it's all about the almighty dollar. And I, I, I hate to use the word ghost hunters. The mm-hmm. TV show is a great mm-hmm. example of, of that, right? Mm-hmm. The exploitation there. Like you can see as seasons went on, how things got different. And I mean, really the TV shows to me are, are the best indicator of that suddenly every show is like 
haunted this, haunted that. Yeah. And you also have like the gimmicky shows like Naked and Afraid. Like you have naked ghost hunting now. Naked Be- and scared. Because or naked and yeah, naked and afraid. Sorry, I'm watching what? different series. Yeah, there you go. No, you gotta watch the air version, man. <laughs> <laughs> Things she does with that K two meter, let me tell you. <laughs> but I, I just feel that That's like, registering as, body heat. As somebody who <laughs> You know, like uh, my my first and foremost love when it comes to anything, and I'll I'll put UFOs into the paranormal realm. Mm-hmm. It's arguable it's there, but let's put it in there. I just think that like I've read lots of books on Roswell. I read mm-hmm. lots of books on Rendlesham Forest. Uh, big famous UFO, whether it be a, a sightings or um or, or and or um, um abductions. In the in the media, it's just painted as oh you're crazy and you're you know. It's, it's, they question your motives. And a lot of the times, yes, there are people who financially benefit from telling stories. Like, I mean, Stanton Friedman, for example. Do you know who he is? Yes. Okay. I love Stanton Friedman, but he, believes, he believes everything. He's, he's way out there. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, he, he leans on the fact that I'm a physicist. Yes. So therefore, yeah. I'm infallible, right? When, when, he makes <laughs> these, when he makes these books. And God love him. He's come here and he's, you know, he sold books and he's the one who really popularized the idea of Roswell. So the, for that alone, he obviously deserves credit. But, he also peddles his wares and opens himself up to an awful lot of criticism. And then you look at the other side of it and go, well, maybe there's something to what he's saying, you know, and, and there's, there's always something to be had. I, I appreciate the skeptical viewpoint. I'm not like Steve. I'm not going to, if I saw what Steve claims to have seen and he's told stories like this before, mm-hmm. I would say, well, I don't, I wouldn't immediately leap to ghost. I'm not saying I wouldn't eventually get there. Mm-hmm. If I can't, as I you said, I had to eliminate all the other. I don't start immediately at ghosts. Like even even um, my own apartment, I claim is haunted. By you, I invite you to check out sometime. And Mike Barrington can back this one up because he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, of all things, and speaking of the TV shows, me and him are sat down one night watching Most Haunted. Wonderful! It was early on in the British series. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, we're I'm watching Most Haunted. The it's just me and Mike in the apartment. There's nobody upstairs. My landlord is actually was actually in Texas. Even his dog was at his sister's place. So the house is completely empty except for myself and Mike Barrington. And they're doing the thing on Most Haunted. They're sitting there table tipping and calling out. And if anybody is here, can you can you please let us know in some way? And the host says, if there's anybody out there, knock once to let us know. And from my bedroom, we hear. <laughs> and Mike looks at me and goes, the hell? <laughs> and I look down the hallway because I'm used to knowing yeah. I have accepted that my house is haunted. And, oh, my God. See what I'm saying? And he I, accepts that his house is and haunted. And I, I look down towards my bedroom and I go, not you. We know you're here. <laughs> and there's a corresponding. The How settling, Steve? How settling? Uh, uh, that was not settling at all. It's, 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 a, it's a 65-year-old farmhouse. It's not doing much more settling. That's right. I, I mean, this is what I'm going to throw there. At you, like, and I say this to everybody, right? Obviously, you guys know I'm in the EVP. It's yes. my thing. And there's a reason why I'm in AVP and it's my thing. Mm-hmm. Because Steve is looking at me like waiting for me I'm to wait, say something. I'm waiting for You're it. Waiting for I'm it. waiting for it. Because right. at least there's something there. You know, a, a lot of people have their reservations about what it could possibly be. I mean, you know, we hear everything from audio pareidolia, you know, how our mind fills in the blanks and stuff. And, you know, there's there's lots of things. But, you know, at the end of the day, some of these EVP are pretty intelligent. And it's very strange that they're coming through in the timely fashion they're coming through. What difference between a ghost story and, you know, actually getting some data is a little bit different, right? Like tonight, I gave a presentation the night at Marjorie Muse mm-hmm. Library and talked to 15 people in there tonight. And the first thing I looked at him and said was, hey, 
this equipment doesn't work. <laughs> K2 meter doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's it's used for a proactive approach for certain things, right? And and as I'm going through the equipment and stuff like that, I kind of like, okay, here's a spirit box and here's a recorder. These are two things I like to use because I find, you know, what I've caught on these are probably a little bit more credible than, say, a lot of the pictures I've taken where I'm not very good with the pictures. And next thing you know, we got orbs flying everywhere. Everyone thinks they're real and you don't really know. My My thought, and this is something I always tell people when it comes to the paranormal, I've tried for pictures. 99% of what I caught is utter and complete garbage. It's that point one, man. It's that point one that it makes you just just take a chance and actually listen and be like, hmm, yeah, that is kind of weird that you got that at that point, right? Now, I've I've heard a couple of the 1% that he's talking about Mm -hmm. that he's gotten, uh, the ones from your uncle's cabin. (laughs) I mean. And and I I know I'm waiting for him to go off on the EVP thing. He's his podcast. I'm Um, I'm letting him have his say. He he has less of a belief in EVP than he does in the the paranormal itself, Mm -hmm. which is cool because everybody has their own opinions of it all. Yep. Um, And, I mean, the man himself is saying 99% of what he captures is explainable and and background garbage. But there's that 1% when you're sitting, he's sitting in a cabin and it comes through loud and clear. Is that you, John? Repeatedly. Like, you can't pick up a radio wave that says that. Yeah. That I'm that yes, I'm reasonably yes, asserting. Yes, no, but can. that would say it confirming and repeatedly. So what another yes, thing too I tell people is is don't confuse what I do with what other people do. Right? Mm. Take the time. There's all kinds of people out there who do what I do and do it their own little ways and stuff, man. And it's so interesting to, to get into that. Like I mean, me and Steve talked at length about Hans Holzer and now his daughter, mm-hmm. his daughter has done some really wonderful things too, right? Oh, I'm going to have to follow up. You okay. have to check that out, man. Yeah. That's cool. Like trying to carry on the legacy, but way more technology than he had. Love reading his work. He didn't need technology. Yeah, he had a witch and a pen and a pad of paper. That was about it. That's it. <laughs> you did all right. Two, but, two mediums, a pendulum, and a, sh- and a half shaker full of salt. Exactly. We always get into the conversation though. Let's just throw the skepticism to the side just for one second. Let's say this stuff exists. Now we get to the the real question. How does it exist? Where is it coming from? And we get to talk right back into Doctor Who again. (laughs) The only possible explanation is that this is coming from another dimension of space. Bleeding through into our own. Yeah. Tell me about some of the episodes of Doctor Who. There's a scientific one for you. Okay. Well, we we just, not even an episode, but we covered um, an audio play. Mm Mm-hmm. That part of it actually disturbs Shannon for the for the subject matter in there because essentially they they interact with purgatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they basically and, have Doctor Who go to the afterlife. Oh boy, it's called the Ghost of In Space. The Ghost of In Space and Space being outside of us, and it it's described essentially as purgatory. Oh boy, it's the spirit world bleeding overtly through overtly as purgatory almost. Yeah, yeah. they don't even hide it. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy. Yep. Which I just thought um, was just a bit the show bit. itself has has gone to, all, to different dimensions, has moved to different t- parts of space, nor- normal space, us versus a secondary space, E space. Um, they've even dealt with demons who turned out to be aliens from another planet. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who is a long history, like in the original series up to the new, of essentially stating that a lot of the, um, what we would consider like a Judeo-Christian devil, for example, was revealed as a alien being in the form of what we would view as the devil. It's just and his natural it's form. It's just his natural form. And oh, it's, interesting. <laughs> it's, you know, similar to the ancient aliens theory, where he visited Earth at an, an ancient period and race memory basically carried through the present day, and therefore we all have a, a fear of what we consider to be the devil. Um, 
generally Doctor Who tends to be more scientific, but yes, they absolutely put in things that are paranormal related. And mm-hmm. we get again with the demon one. The episode was called The Demons, Demons. and we got Demons. to the ridiculous where the antagonist, the master, was dressed in his red robes and summoning pentagrams. And <laughs> it was the height of hammer horror. It was the height of hammer horror films when they did it. And there, so. there, there is a little stone gargoyle running around killing people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They, they shoot him. <laughs> the the army is very practical when encountering an alien life form. Shoot how it. Do, how do I not like the show? <laughs> I don't know. I, have no I don't idea. know. I don't like, like it, is it like? And I love I love British people. I don't understand. Like, what what is it that I, I just can't grab? Maybe maybe it's just too true to life. Maybe it's just too true to life. Tell me a little tiny bit about uh, you know we we kind of mentioned the UFO and the mm. conspiracy and stuff like that. Um, you know what do you think is probably like the definitive. UFO case in your mind that like Rangers makes you Force. think, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about like what, what part of that you feel is like the most, shall we say, convincing. Okay, um, I, I won't I won't give a huge overview of it because I mean that's just going to be boring for people. I mean they can just Google it, but essentially to me, what makes um, a great UFO mystery is physical evidence. In which case, in Rendlesham Forest's case, there was. Um, Basically, a lot of physical evidence based on UFO that landed. They took soil samples. Um, the UFO, when it landed, impacted on trees um, and limbs of trees. Uh, and there was, re- you know, remains of that. It also extended from a period of a couple of days. Different people involved, up to 100 people, witnessed or had secondary encounters with uh, what may or may not have been UFOs and alien beings. Those were all sober serious-minded military people during the early height of the Cold War. Um, they were basically, um, they were representatives of Bentwater Base, uh, an Air Force base in, in England. And um, they were American servicemen on a British Air Force base is what it was. Uh, they had leased the base. Um, so they, they were not people who had a predisposition towards anything in the paranormal realm. They were literally guarding a base that at the time this has been alleged had nuclear weapons when they shouldn't have had nuclear weapons but i mean they were stationed so close to russia because it was the height of the cold war so um and then those those servicemen who had this happen to them they were security military police men when they had that happen to them on night one by night two their base commander deputy base commander charles halt um, said, I'm going to debunk all this. I'm going to go out there myself, take a squad out and, and just investigate this. Then he himself had encounters. So this continued for a couple of days. There was American investigative people involved in it because they were American servicemen. But it was on British soil. Um, so there was a liaison between the American servicemen and the British Ministry of Defense. There's all kinds of documents that came out about it. It's, it's, it's recent and fresh. Most of the people involved were first-hand eyewitnesses. They told stories that have not contradicted in the 40 plus years up to this point um there is some contradiction with some of the people who obviously like try to exploit the story oh i was there and this happened to me and then turns out it never but a lot of the people who were involved have vociferously clung to that story and even with the threat of having their pensions taken away from them with their professional careers and lives ruined have still said no this happened to me i don't care this happened to me i'm sticking to it and they have steadfastly stuck to it up to this point. That, to me, is a very, very credible case. And that, to me, is something that I look at 
and say, even if I don't necessarily believe in UFOs, something significant happened to a significant amount of people that they themselves are not just somebody seeing something in a trailer park. Not, not to say it's bad, but they're not somebody seeing something. They're not civilians. They're military people who are trained professionals and they're seeing something outside of the realm of possibility that wasn't a Russian ship or it wasn't, it wasn't something that could be easily identified and characterized. It was literally something out of the ordinary. So that to me is probably from what all I know about UFOs and UFO abduction, that's the one that really fascinates me the most. I wish everyone who's listening to the podcast could be in the room with me right now watching Shanta. I just see the love <laughs> for this subject. And, and, and I got to ask this question because it's the first thing that popped my mind. Aliens. Are they from a different part of the galaxy, universe, whatever, or are they us from the future? What do you think is more plausible? Both. Um, Randallstrom actually has um, an element to it in which one of the people involved, when they touched the hieroglyphics on the ship, were given a mental um, stimulation, I guess you could say, of a series of binary numbers, which um, indicates that they might actually be um, people from the future. Um, because of the location of where the binary um, numbers traced out to. It's a long story. You'd have to really Google it. But well, really, essentially, it comes out to That's very Philadelphia experiment. That's a tremendous movie, too. No, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that story is border, bordering on the Philadelphia experiment. But just, is, remember, yeah, is, yeah. But just remember what we're really talking about here. We're talking about a universal language that doesn't actually exist, which is math. Mm. Yeah. So that's very fascinating that that's what they use, code yeah. numbers. Yeah. Because we all know that that's an abstract idea that we came up with. No, that's just my phone. Speaking oh. of paranormal related, hey. speaking of paranormal, no, Siri's been doing this to us all night. Yeah. Hey Siri, yeah. she Siri. no, she doesn't respond. Really? She doesn't she'll respond. Say, to she'll, she'll just say things randomly. Yeah. She starts. She saying wants stuff to, to us. and she only uh, listen, John. I'll tell you. Speaking of strange magnetic possible electrical interference, um, yep. She only does that when we're doing podcasting, huh? She you know only what it do is? that in the hour from our podcast to sitting down with you, Siri is a fan of yours. I can't wait for you guys. And she wants you to continue doing this. No, Skynet is taking over. That's right. <laughs> In answer to your question, I think it's both. I think that the universe is populated by intelligent beings. Okay. And I think that, yes. But what, the what, problem I have with time travel what's the movie is line? that... We're not supremely arrogant enough to believe that we're alone in the universe? Yeah. The problem I do have with time travel is that there's not enough proof of it. There's not enough proof that people from the future have come back to our time. You know what I mean? Like you would think if time travel was ever invented in human history, from let's assume that the world's going to continue on. Mm. Why aren't we seeing more people from a far distant future coming back to our time now where we can document that? Depends on what laws they have in place in the future. I mean, it's possible. As now, there, a doctor there, is also, fan, there's, there is time lords. There so are time else? lords. There's also that picture, um, time travel guy from the, the shot from the 60s. Oh, yeah. He's with Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, there's a guy who got like that was a woman who was no, walking a, with a sh- with a phone it looked yeah. like or something. No, no, like there, there's a guy stood in a crowd of people wearing like 40s and 50s period clothing, and this guy's got like a polo shirt and, and a pair of, and, and, a pair of and a pair of Ray Bans. Anachronistic, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just anach- anachronistic placement. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Okay, Pers- so my- personally, I think I've gone back a couple of times. There, there is a paradox somewhere in this city that friends of mine refer to as time traveling Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks to be me in my 60s, <laughs> um, complete to dress code down to a battered fedora. Wow. And A battered fedora. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the battered fedora hat that I usually <laughs> wear. And he frequents uh, shops downtown. 
<laughs> Interesting. A friend, a friend of mine worked at a bakery down at, downtown, and she told me every couple of days, uh, Tom Traveling Steve is coming for a sandwich. That's so cool. And she's like, you're not allowed ever to meet yourself. <laughs> you would explode? I'm like, because of the Blinovich Blinovich limitation, limitation effect. effect. No. Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh. Um, Doctor Who. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely correct. The Blinovich limitation effect says there will be an, an explosion uh, that could destroy time. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to pass by myself and drop next week's lotto numbers on the ground that would <laughs> would that be too much to ask or would he cease to exist <laughs> would it cause the biggest paranormal explosion since the tungusta explosion incident in 1909 thank you race dance hmm. uh, who knows or maybe maybe time travel is possible but they can't interact with what's around us yeah but why would i come back to here and not interact with myself ah we watch tv don't we i would go see everybody else <laughs> i know <laughs> I'm going back to the dinosaur times. I want to see the these things. The question I want to know out. is if future Steve is still doing the historian. <laughs> Probably. I yeah. need to know that. I, need I to think know it's that. fair. Yeah. All right, Steve, you told us one of your ghost stories. and kind of uh, Come on. Tell us another one of your stories. You said you had multiple experiences. Give me your weirdest one. That that one isn't weird enough? Okay, well, the knocking one was kind of creepy, but I want to hear one more before I, before I piddle you guys out of here. Put you back in the blue box and send you on your way. <laughs> the, the weirdest one? Uh, okay. Again, uh, our mutual friend, Mike Barrington. Hmm. Mr. Barrington, God love him. Uh, his family house in the east end of St. John's is a wonderfully patchworked piece of construction engineering that has, <laughs> that has been upgraded and grown over the years from a small cabin at the time to a family home. It's changed several times. Uh, my first time at the Barrington residence, uh, me and Mike pulled in one night. I was a passenger in his van. He said, I got to run in for a minute and get something. I said, okay, cool. Mike goes in the house. I have not been inside the house at this point. Had not seen the layout. We're there about 10 minutes and I'm kind of sitting in the car, just listening to music, half daydreaming. Mike comes out and I'm like, there's an old lady in the back of your house that's not happy. And he said, wait, what? I was like, there's an old lady in the back of your house on the right-hand side that's not happy. And there's an old man in a rocking chair. He's like, shut up. I'm like, what do you mean, shut up? He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just telling you what uh, what I'm getting looking at your house. I said, and on the left-hand side, there's there's a younger man who passed recently. He's like, shut up. So apparently what I had described from the layout of the house just generally was his grandmother in the kitchen, his grandfather in a rocking chair that still rocks intermittently to this day with nobody in it, and an uncle, I think it was, who had passed away in a room, in a back room on the left that's now a living room. And I'd never been inside Mike's house to that point. <laughs> okay, that's pretty creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to... I, I described his family ghosts to him, having <sighs> never heard from Mike tell me that before. Yeah, and I encourage anybody who is a fan of Doctor Who, who loves that show. Shannon's never heard that story. He's looking at me completely skepti- skeptically now. Yeah, but skept- like I love let, skepticism. Listen, I'm don't you guys pass see on the EVP, so yeah. guys, guys, don't I got to be skeptical here. Don't you guys see? This is why you get along so good. Opposites are, are what makes podcasting so much mm. fun, and also why the voices in my head keep me entertained all the time because I do this alone. <laughs> uh, you know, first I gotta say, guys, thanks so much for dragging me out of my closet and. Uh, <laughs> Coming to see <laughs> that joke is never going to die. No, never. no, uh, no. <laughs> thank you for coming and rescuing me. I, I I really need to get out of the house tonight. I really appreciate well, John, this. I think you're doing a tremendous job. I've been a fan of the show since day one. I love the passion you put into the idea of the paranormal. Um, I always wanted to do my own paranormal show, and I'm glad that you're doing it and doing it so well. Now I can't follow that act. So uh, it's all you, buddy. You got it all going on for this uh, for this uh, paranormal across Newfoundland thing, but. 
I've just been astounded by the array of guests you've had, the stories you've told. And I, I just, whether or not I agree with everything, because I certainly don't want to come as EVP, but I love the passion people put into things, right? I love debating intelligently when it comes to why people believe. I think that the world needs more belief in something, you know, instead of just being, I, I, I that the, your worldview is so nor, uh, so narrow and limited. I just like the idea of believe in something, even if it's not EVP, believe in UFOs, believe in ghosts, believe in Bigfoot, whatever you have to believe. I believe in there's Dr. always Who. something out there and believe in Dr. Who. And I believe in style and Steve. <laughs> that hey, should be our shirt. That should be a well, t-shirt. I, I believe, believe in style and Steve. Steve. Oh my God. <laughs> That'll be the next t-shirt. Yeah, on. Because you can tell the future story. You I'll get a fedora, picture of future I'll get a fedora and put the script over it. Yeah. Way future better. Style and Steve. Way better than that flying spaghetti monster thing you were getting on with a few years ago. Way better. <laughs> you didn't believe in the flying spaghetti monster, did you? His noodly appendages touch us all. Oh, Steve. <laughs> That's no, it. I'm, I don't. I'm declaring, I am not I'm declaring a, the historian dead and buried. I am it's not a pastafarian. Thank you yeah, very yeah. much. You know, and to reiterate what you said, you know, I came into paranormal investigation as an atheist, and I'm leaving not an atheist. So yeah. that's just the way it is. And, and it Steve, all us so much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I always tell people, you know, like, it, it's the stories, it's the people I meet that make me want to keep doing it. So I'm mm. super happy to be coming here with you guys. And, uh, you know, to be able to, this is a first, man, to be able to sit down and actually chill and, and record together. It's pretty it's cool. It's good, isn't it? Is it it's not like good? It's fun. It's fun. Does it, it makes not, me feel like I have a social life. Do this? <laughs> yeah. Does guys, it not make you want to do this more often? Shannon, do you think guys think you guys can come over and hang out in my closet sometime? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the closet. Your basement's got more room. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Steve? <laughs> Johnny gave me quite the workout in his basement. <laughs> It's not helping the closet metaphor, oh, but God. no, it was, wow. it was it was literally a workout program. Uh, because I'm going to do some cheap plugs. You can find us at thehistorian.ca. That's our <laughs> website and repository. I'm going to say that word before Steve gets it because <laughs> that's usually his word. Um, you can find us on iTunes under the Doctor Who, the Historian. I'm on Twitter at Marshall Law. Steve's on Twitter at Style and Steve, and we're both on there and at the Historian. And we have a Facebook page, the Historian slash. Slash Facebook.com Facebook. slash the Historian. Slash the historian. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can find John where? John is at Odd to Newfoundland. Yeah. yeah. NFLD. Yeah. Yeah, the old on spelling Twitter. on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Gotta love it, man. I love it. I, I'm How long have you been school. doing this now, John? I have I just celebrated uh, third year anniversary in April. Sweet. Sweet. Wow. So, three yeah. years, man. It's been a long time. Wow. Three years. Going it alone. It took me three years to pass you to get on our show. Right. Guys, thanks so much for being on the show. Take care. Thanks Absolutely. for having us, John. It's a pleasure, my friend. Well, the time to say goodbye is upon us. But don't worry, you can keep track of the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast very easily. It's available on Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, and TuneIn Radio. Just look for the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast banner. Of course, if you'd like to keep up to date, you can always check out the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast Facebook page, drop a like, and every single time a new show goes up, you'll be notified. You can also follow me, John Mallard, on Twitter, at O-D-D-T-O-N-F-L-D. That's odd to Newfoundland. Get your latest news on the podcast as well as the ever-popular para-joke of the day. From the oldest city in North America, I bid you adieu. From the Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast.